We are so lucky to have some of the best guests you can find anywhere, always, and that would include our next guest, Daniel Howes. You know him from the Detroit News, senior editor, business columnist. He, he, he's a senior editor of uh, business, and he is a columnist extraordinaire. And, of course, he is following this uh, UAW job action strike against our uh, our big three, if you will. And uh, this is perfect timing because uh, earlier this morning, I happened to uh, watch executive chairman of Ford Motor Company, Bill Ford, speaking publicly for the first time on the UAW strike. And uh, Daniel, good afternoon. Welcome always. I thought Bill Ford was spot on with the way he presented what he presented. What did you think? Yeah, I did, too. I think we have to understand the moment here. I mean, Bill Ford's been involved in every UAW negotiation uh, that Ford has had since 1982. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time, if ever, uh, as chairman, he's spoken out uh, amid uh, contract talks. I think it's an indication of uh, real concern on his part and the part of the company that we may be heading in a direction that is uh, for the longer-term health of the industry not so uh, propitious um and i i kind of share some of that concern um you know we are in a period where we i I think we could have tentative agreements with a couple of these companies at least um fairly quickly uh but uh, we're not getting to that point at least it doesn't feel like that you hear people express some optimism that they think maybe stellanis could be close or ford could be close but it's really hard to know, and now I think with the, we could turn around any any minute and have another strike of a major uh, SUV plant for GM or Stellantis um, right around the corner. Yeah, I'm afraid that's true. He he announced, uh, Mr. Fain announced that they're they're not going to follow any other old rules. Now they're going to be kind of a, a little more flexible freelancing their response. I guess the idea is to keep the car companies on their toes, but they're they're knocking them back on their heels because, in the end, the people who will really pay the price on all of this are the workers, the UAW workers, who are eventually going to figure that out while they try to live on $500 a week when they generally were making about $2,000 a week. And they've got to look around a little bit, and not too far, but across the river to say, well, gee whiz, how come the Canadians could work things out so quickly? Very different approach. I think the Canadian approach was very traditional. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think of these a little bit in military terms, and I, in the sense that I think the, the the big three are accustomed to kind of this World War One trench warfare. You know, they've got entrenched lines, and and you know that's kind of the way this works. And I think what Sean Fain and the new leadership has brought has been more of a guerrilla kind of keep them guessing you don't know where we're going to come from and i think it's been very difficult for them to to adapt to that and then of course like he did on friday he can he can change change the rules of engagement uh which which is what he did but i think you're right i mean i think longer term i think bill ford i think people need to go back and and read what he said or listen to it um i think there are some implicit things in there uh, he talked about some of their manu- their their rivals i.e. gm and, and stellanis building product in mexico um, I think there is a concern that, depending on how this contract plays out, that some of these companies, in order to maintain margins, or uh, that they're going to have to do some things that they don't necessarily want to do politically. 
Um, I'm not saying that that's going to happen overnight, uh, but it, it clearly could happen because there is going to be pressure from the from the street and investors uh, to be able to offset the increased cost of this contract. And even if we don't know all the details, I think what we do know is that this contract is going to be a lot more expensive, uh, certainly, than the current one. I have to tell you, I uh, and it's in the front page of our Detroit News. I shouldn't say ours. I'm only there Mondays when I write a column. You're there every day. But in the Detroit News, Brianna Noble writing the story that had to come. I mean, it is a it is an excellent opportunity to use what's happening to dump facilities that the company doesn't feel they need anymore. And I think Tavares, when he came, <laughs> when he came and saw the world headquarters, uh, there in Auburn Hills of what, whatever it was called when he came in there, Chrysler, whatever it was. Um, FCA. FCA. F- oh, that's yeah. right, FCA. When he came in there and saw that, he had to go, are you kidding me? Because that facility is so monstrous. And I'm sure he thought, man, we can sell this and make some money or at least get out of the expense. And I fear that that very well could happen. And now it's on the front page. Stellanus may cash in on its headquarters, and then we'll have, will we have another Kmart World Headquarters sitting empty for years like we did? Well, great, great question. But I think you're putting your finger on a, a bigger issue, and that is that Stellanus uh, is a truly global company. It went from, you know, Chrysler used to be the little brother in Detroit, and now uh, Stellanus is, is, is the big brother. It's bigger than GM and Ford in terms of uh, vehicles sold around the world, in terms of revenue, and in terms of profitability. And it's also foreign. It's, 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 it's technically based in, in uh, the Netherlands, but operationally in, in Paris and, and to some extent in Turin. Um, and I think the leadership is a very different kind of leadership. I don't think they have the commitment to Detroit as a headquarters town uh, that previous managements have. And certainly that Bill Ford and Mary Barra and Mark Royce and, and Jim Farley have. Uh, so, I mean, where that could go down the road, who knows? But I, I don't think that's necessarily reflective of the UAW talks, although it could be. I mean, it could be that in order to make some of the numbers work, um, they may need to take some additional action. And people need to remember that this is all about a big pot of money. Uh, and, and it's about how you move the money around and how you allocate the money. But at the end of the day, it's just like a big pot of money, and and how much more are we going to spend than we're currently spending? How much can we are we wet, willing to do that? How much are investors going to put up with it? Um, you know, I fear we're going to get to a point, Dub, where we're going to be talking about 2008 and 2009 when people were laughing at Detroit. You remember that? Yep. People in Washington laugh, laughing at Detroit. How could they be so stupid? Um, that's what concerns me. That we may ultimately get to which is still reflective in how hard it is for our, for at least for Ford and General Motors, to really boost their stock price. People haven't forgotten, I'm afraid. Right. Anyway, just, uh, you know, the, I don't blame Tavares, and I, I don't blame Stellanus if maybe taking advantage of their advantages, and right now they could say, hey, this is so tough, we have to free up some money, so this is what we have to do. The guy is a brilliant guy, and uh, and they're, they're all Stewart. All these guys are pretty brilliant, doing a great job. Like Daniel Howe's doing a great job. Daniel, always a pleasure, my friend. You bet.
senior editor, business, he's a columnist, all-around good guy, been around following all of this for a long time for the Detroit News, as we continue on WJR at 1244.